0: Hey everyone, it's Kendra Rommel with the Rommel Report. This is a podcast where I interview the who's who within my community to build your business and help you build your network. Most of all, build your wealth portfolio. Join me on my adventures with friends where I interview them to get you the most valuable content for your business. So you too can scale up everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Rommel Report. I am sitting here with Cody Sperber of Clever Investor and so many other organizations that we're going to dive into. Um, most recently, though, um, kind of public with Adventure Mastermind, Adventures Mastermind, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is a awesome group of individuals, high-level professionals who are looking to better themselves and do so much more. Um, within the right groups. So welcome. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. No, thanks for having me well, uh, well,
1: Welcome to clever <laughs> investors headquarters.
0: Yeah, it's so cool here. The The art is so cool here I told you that. doesn't it make
1: a big difference.
0: It makes a huge difference.
1: Yeah, I'm a huge fan
0: It it automatically like cuts through the crap. I feel like mm. You know,
1: well, you know, you spend a lot of time in your office or in your work environment It's got to give you that vibe that energy sure I think you so know, t- and art art Art, you know, that's it's like why uh, like office art, like those guys from Iconic yeah. blew up because yeah. there was nobody dominating the space for cool office art, and yeah. and they just came in and filled that void.
0: Is this all the same artist?
1: No, actually, that's a uh, that's a very famous artist out of New York. This right here and and the money art in the back is my friend Mr. E. He's one of the most famous money artists in the world. And then this is Jay Valentine, um, Jv Art on Instagram. He does really cool pop art. uh he actually has office space in my back office which i'll show you after this and he does all his paintings back there
2: cool yeah
0: i like it and it's all throughout the office i know i know believe it or not my parents used to own an art gallery and so i grew up not totally understanding art until i think art is like this evolution thing it's all about how you feel and it either speaks to you or it doesn't and to you like to your point this is bringing you energy or that
1: you could tell. I like loud. Yeah. I like loud, noise, like splashes of color and just very poppy.
0: Do you feel like
1: you're a loud person? I feel like it can be. I don't know. But, you know, funny fact, like people that follow me or see me on my videos, they're like, man, you're so outgoing. You're out there all the time. Like, because I am a, I love to market. I love brand building. I love marketing. But like, if we were in a room full of like really A-type personalities, I actually fall back.
0: I'm nice. very
1: quiet. I'm actually... Um, It's
0: called maturity.
1: Well, that and it's actually uh, I'm very nervous. You know, like I get anxiety underneath, so you wouldn't know that. Yeah. But when a lot of people are like jockeying for attention, Mm -hmm. I so I would rather support them Mm -hmm. and let them be the joke teller, the you know the center of attention, and I like I get a little nervous underneath. So that's funny. I know most people wouldn't guess that.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, you definitely don't take that approach in business. So let's talk about that. So. Let's talk about how you got started. How was it that you got started? <laughs> right for <from> the... <laughs> oh, Let me. <laughs> how,
1: well, in the second grade. Um, you know. Not
0: all the way back. Yeah. But well, where are you born, yeah. raised? Like for people that don't know you. Yeah, I grew up here, and
1: I grew up here in okay. Mesa, Arizona. Um, oh. in Arizona, and I, uh, my dad was a professional at like getting fired every three years, so we would move every two to three years, and I kept finding myself trying to make new friends. We lived in Texas for a little while, lived in Colorado for a little while, but we always ended up back here mm-hmm. in Arizona. So I would say if people ask me, I was <clears throat> I was raised here. I wasn't born here, but I, we moved here when I was five weeks old. So I'm in That's Arizona, much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, my dad was a hard worker, um, always was a, an employee. My mom was an employee. She worked in some call centers and we never had a lot of money, just hard working good people. And uh, unfortunately, uh, I wasn't around a lot of success or successful people, and so uh, I never thought I would be in real estate or doing what I'm doing today. I wanted to be a ninth grade history teacher or or a marine biologist. That was my childhood dream. And uh, when I was getting out of high school, I didn't want to go to college. I felt a lot of anxiety of going to college. I wasn't motivated at all to do more school. I hated school. I was a C and D student. And uh, uh, so I joined the Navy to follow in my father's footsteps. And then when I got in the military, who knew, violently seasick. I threw up everywhere all the time. Like every single time I got on a boat. Not was good. like that. So uh, marine <laughs> biology, right out the window. Uh, so now I'm gonna be a t- history teacher, right? So I, I went through the Navy and uh, I uh, went and, when I was getting out, I went and talked to the San Diego Community College history professors. And I said, How, do you guys like your job? I, I think this would be a cool career. How much money do you guys make? And when I got to that question, they started laughing out loud. And they were like, we have a second job. Both of us have second jobs. And that took me back because I was like, well, what do you mean you have a second job? And they're like, well, we don't make a lot of money. We do this because we love it. We don't make money at this job, though. And I was like, man, second guessing my career career path. And uh, when I was in college trying to figure out what I was going to do, a friend of mine invited me to go to lunch. His name was Jeremy. And he pulls up in a brand new Mercedes. And I'm thinking... Dude, how'd you get the new car? And he's like, I flipped a house, and I made uh, $80,000. And I'm like, that's more money than, like, the so- history professor guy makes in two years. Like, how in the heck did you do that? And it was no money down real estate. He, yeah, he wholesaled. Right. right. And I had never heard of that before. But... Um, My dad bought me a book when I was in the military and I read it and it was Rich Dad Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I ever heard of an asset or a liability. So I had that seed planted Mm -hmm. and then here I am having lunch with Jeremy and he's talking about flipping houses. I'm like, oh, real estate, like that's where people get
2: rich. Yeah.
1: Like maybe that's what I I need to do. And I had never heard of no money down real estate and I had no money. So I'm thinking maybe that's... Yeah, because I thought you needed to be rich to do real estate, a license to do real estate connections to do real estate. And here's Jeremy, a total, like me, like a total screw off,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not knowing what he wants to do in life, met a mortgage guy that taught him wholesaling. And then here he is telling me about wholesaling. So I was off to the races. I go back 16 years. I had to fly all over the country to all these like guru seminars. You Took, did
2: do
0: that.
1: Oh yeah. thirty. I put myself into $30,000 in credit card debt flying On all seminars. over. Seminars workshops boot camps. I just went down the rabbit hole because nowadays people when I hear people complaining like "Oh, You know, this is so tough. I'm like you have no idea I had to get on a plane and get a hotel and go right. I was by myself a lot of times It was scary I had to go into a hotel room and there was a guru and they would pitch you on all their courses I still yeah. got a ton of them like back there somewhere <laughs> and I would buy everything. I, they loved me. Yeah, right I yeah, I just throw my credit card up on the stage. <laughs> like, just I want to buy everything because I really I got excited of the the thought of becoming a real estate millionaire. It was my first like path where I saw like light at the end of a tunnel. Going, all right, if I do this and I can figure this out, I'm winning. I'm gonna I'm gonna win the game. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, uh, one month led to two, led to six, led to nine. I hadn't done a deal yet. Mm-hmm. I was running out of hope, mm-hmm. running out of energy. Uh, at one point probably like month four or five my dad sat me down and said Sperber You're making a mistake. You mm-hmm. got to just stay focused on school You can do real estate once you get a good job and save some money and you can come back around and do real estate My mom's freaking out saying you're wasting your time. Mm-hmm. My kid my, my friends are making fun of me All, uh, Everybody that I t- told I'm gonna how be a real old, estate millionaire.
0: How old were you at that point?
1: I Was in my early 20s
0: Okay, so you're yeah, young. Yeah, this is probably two
1: thousand. No, This is probably two
0: thousand and uh three ish you okay. know somewhere right around there so still good times real estate was booming real
1: estate was booming it was actually starting to climb right and uh here i am i can't do a deal to save my life and at first i thought H- how come like it, it, I'm, I'm looping all these self-limiting beliefs
0: right 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 Right. it's
1: like i look too young nobody's gonna take me seriously you drive a piece of crap nissan pickup truck why would they ever think you could <laughs> pay cash for a house and they was they were right i had no money yeah and I did. I look like a 15-year-old kid. I look very young. And uh, you don't realize it. I'm 80 right now. Right. Yeah, Benjamin. so I look great Benjamin right is now. Your yeah. real name. But yeah. uh uh so I'm 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 just in my own head. So by month 9, I mm-hmm. bowed out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I had I had a deal that fell apart at the last minute. I was just about to do my first deal and then it fell apart. Some realtors and other people got in the mix and it and when that happened, I threw in the towel. And at the time uh shannon my wife she was my my girlfriend at the time she was like you need to go get a job and while i was sulking right, yeah, right you know i was walking through campus sulking and i looked up and there was a bulletin board there and it said bookkeeper wanted and i'm like oh well, maybe i can get a job there so i went to i put in a resume and i went to this job interview he goes can you do my books and he was a real estate developer, which is why I liked the concept. So I was quitting, but not quitting. You yeah, know, I was right. still somewhere in there. But he goes, can you do books? And I said, oh, yeah, I know how to do books. And he goes, all right, you're hired, $34,000 a year. And I said, perfect. I left there. I went to the bookstore. I got bookkeeping for dummies. I read it the entire <laughs> night because I had never done books. I'm like, I have no clue yeah. what I'm doing. But I needed to drop yeah. so bad because my credit card bill was due. Yeah, right. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I, I, I was actually decent at books, believe it or not. And I did that for about four months before, uh, that voice was coming back that you quit. You suck. Why, why is this your future? Is this what you're going to do forever? Yeah. And, um, this guy, Jer, who was the guy who hired me was the atypical jerk of a boss that had, had a nice car and wore fancy suits and treated you like crap. And so mm-hmm. I'm just picturing my life in the future going, this isn't what I want to do with my life. Yeah. And by month four, uh i'm i'm just a angry person and right around then i call these pivot points right it's like i would hope it's like pivot points and recalibrations right like when you think back on your life how'd you get here a bunch of moments right just decisions right? yeah 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 so turns
0: turn signals
1: yeah yeah and uh my friend named zach said hey you want to go to this real estate seminar and i'm like absolutely (laughs) not like no way like I'm, bro- I'm broke, I'm just unbearing myself out of this whole, like, uh, I'm not going. And he's, and now, Shannon. Your uh, wife. M- well, she was my girlfriend at the time. Okay. Yes, my wife. Uh, she-, she wants me to call her my wife. Isn't that weird how that works out? Like, like we get not married really. and then she's like, introduce me as your <laughs> wife. Um,
0: well, now, all eyes on you, Mr. Yeah. Mr. Camera Guy. He's, she's like, you have a wife.
1: Oh, yeah, she's all up in my DMs. <laughs> yes. She runs my whole thing, by the way.
2: Well, um, she should.
1: So she she uh, she was she sat me down one day and she goes, you know what, Cody, you're absolutely miserable. And I'm just picturing myself being with you. And if you don't man up and do something bigger with your life and quit complaining and whining all the time and just being a complete like negative Nancy, I'm out of this relationship. So you either go with Zach to that <laughs> seminar and get back on the horse and figure out this real estate thing or be the best damn bookkeeper that you can be. Yeah. And I got all pissed off. I was like, what does she know? She doesn't know anything. She yeah. doesn't know what, what 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 I'm gonna do with my life, and then I went to bed thinking about it, and I woke up the next morning. And I said, she's right. Yeah, I got to do something, and so I went to that seminar with Zach, and it changed my life.
0: Because Who, what it, seminar was it?
1: I'm it was a, curious. yeah, it was a Jack Miller seminar. He was an old-timer out of Florida. He, he's passed away now, but
0: mm-hmm.
1: he was the greatest. He was the greatest storyteller. He was a real deal maker. I walked into that room and all of the hairs on my neck stood up, and my arm hair stood up. You know that it was yeah, yeah, energy. Family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I looked around the room, and I'm like, there's like three or 400 people in this room. And I'm like, oh my god. I bought a course from that dude, and that dude, and that dude, and that dude. And they're all frantically taking you notes.
0: Found, yeah, you found the king. They're
1: taking notes from Jack. And I'm like, well, if they're taking notes from this dude. Like, that's the guy I should have been with the whole time. Because their right. stuff kind of sucked, and his sounds really good. Yeah, right. Um, and, and he, he wasn't trying to sell you anything. He didn't care whether you bought anything or not. And the ticket to go to the event was a few hundred bucks, so I thought, man, this is the greatest value I've ever been at. And at lunch break, I went to the bar, and I was sitting there at the bar, and there's this old-timer sitting there. He's got Adidas sweatpants on, those old people's shoes with the Velcro. Of course. Right? Like… And he's got a… <laughs> you know you have
0: a pair. He's got… No, <laughs> you
2: have a probably pair Probably at this point. <laughs>
1: And then he's got this wrinkly, unironed polo shirt with, that, with like, the little things flipping yeah. up. He just looked disheveled. He looked like Yoda with this wacky outfit and crazy gray hair. And he's sitting at the bar. And we start talking while I was waiting for my food to, uh, order to come. And he was amazing. And come to find out, he was with the Jack Miller group for, like, 25 years. His name was Lyle. Uh-huh. And he was with the Jack group for 25 years. And this guy's telling war stories to me and, and teaching me things. And I'm like, wow. Like... You're like the real estate Yoda, like I, I need you to be my mentor.
2: Yeah.
1: And that was the first time I found a, a real mentor. And over time, we built a, a great relationship and he showed me things you can't learn in books. And within two months of getting Lyle on my team,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I got my first big deal.
0: Oh, that's so So it was like
1: the game changer, like without his help and just really like the love and the energy he poured into me. That was the missing piece. Yeah. I had courses. Right. I had workbooks. Right. I had gone on these, like, bus tours, you know. But, Sounds so funny. But that, so old school. that was the missing link. When great people lock arms with you, it's not I'm now. That's why I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I'm not here because I'm great. I'm here because great people locked arms with me and, and helped me up.
2: Agreed. And that's why
1: I love to do it with other people. And without, And we're still great friends to this day
0: you know did he did you shadow him we did everything
1: yeah so he was a great mentor and teacher and he helped me um create a lot of my mentoring and teaching skills because Mm -hmm. he allowed me to discover the truth Mm -hmm. so let me give you a a a quick story Mm -hmm. i was scared to talk on the phones because i'm so analytical my brain i I was looping like what if i say the wrong thing what if i don't know how to answer the question what if they say yes and i don't know what to do next Mm-hmm. so my fears were uh, uh, probably from when I was a little kid just getting bullied and picked on and pushed around and passed over like I just felt like oh my god all this anxiety I don't want to make calls mm-hmm. I'm gonna look stupid
2: mm-hmm.
1: and so one day he was like hey did you make your calls and I was like yeah I made my calls and he's like you're lying and I, he gave me a. I don't want to get into this but he gave me a three strike rule mm-hmm. thing with him this was my second strike He goes, you're lying to me. I know you're lying to me. And that's not how our relationship rolls. So here's what we're going to do. Here's an address. Write it down right now. By the way, if you get your third strike, I'm done messing with you. Yeah, yeah. So um, uh, here's an address. Write it down. Meet me there at midnight. Bring your phone scripts. We're going to role play. And I'm like, at midnight? And he goes, don't question me. Just show up. And so I showed up at the address at midnight. Where was I? Probably
0: on a property that he that he flipped or was going to I was, I was at a
1: cemetery <gasps> in the middle of the night by myself with some phone scripts and a beat up old Nissan pickup truck. And guess who no, did not show up? Lyle <laughs> calls me up and I go, dude, I've been here for 30 minutes. Where are you? And he goes, what are you crazy? I'm not coming to a cemetery in the middle of the night. Get out your scripts. We're going to role play. For 20 or 30 minutes, we role played talking on the phones with a seller. And he just you know pretending he was on i would go back and forth back and forth back and forth by 30 minutes he go i said okay okay i get it like i've had enough i get it i i i am overthinking this and he goes cody i want you to understand something if you can do this with me by yourself in the middle of the night in a cemetery that one of the scariest places you can be you could do this in your dress pajamas in the comfort of your own home you are no one's going to reach to the phone you're never going to get hurt this is the key to you making millions of dollars in this business and you're screwing it all up acting like a baby
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i said yeah you're right okay and lots I mean, of
2: people
0: have been calling you babies uh yeah
1: I, well you know probably
0: i'm just seeing a trend
1: uh and then he said he goes also i want you to look around at all those people all those tombstones right it's like they all have big dreams with their lives 99 percent of them never made made it anywhere close to their dreams, and they're on their deathbed they were full of regret. You have to make mm-hmm. a call right now on how you want to play the game. And I left there, and I was different. He allowed me to discover the truth. He could have lectured me.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: He could have just, you know, put, put me in an environment where he's like, alright, let's get out a whiteboard, and he could have, you know, did some role playing or, or stuff in an office, but he was really smart. He allowed me to discover the truth, and every single time he... We had situations like that he would f- come up with fun creative ways to get me there yeah. where it was me going there not necessarily right. him forcing me there and there's a difference between push and pull
0: right 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 no, huge I right mean, yeah i think most people need to arrive there on their own terms or at least feel like they're their own terms you yeah. know what i mean he was
1: great at the pool yeah and it's the difference between motivation and inspiration Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: moving past that piece and him being your mentor, right? You spread your wings. You're starting to see success. Yeah. What was the next pivotal moment for you?
1: Well, uh, for the first few years, I just got really good at at one strategy, which was wholesaling.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Did a bunch of wholesale deals, and then um, I would sell. I would, and he always told me you need to think bigger than a wholesaler. But I was so broke at the time, like all the fast cash was really comforting and exciting to me. Right. And my thought process as a naive young business person was, why I'm, I'm on path to make a million dollars my first year after like getting that deal. 12 months later, I was a real estate millionaire. Like it was crazy how fast like I started going. Yeah. And I got really good at it it, it. it just be, like, it became a game on how fast I can stack cash.
0: Was it all here in Arizona? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep, And it was,
0: did you finance, did you close any of them?
1: Well, through a double close and stuff like that. But I wasn't buying real estate as a real estate investor. I was flipping the contracts. You
0: were, assigning. but
1: But there's two ways to assign a contract when you do a wholesale deal. So you can do an assignment where your name never goes on title. Or right. you could double close it right, right, right,
2: where right, your right. name you guys- goes
1: on title. So I did a lot of double closes, but I did a lot of assignments. I did more assignments than double closes. Gotcha. But I still did, you know, 100 plus deals. Yeah, At that easy. point,
0: had, were you did you already have systems in place, or were you like doing the? No,
1: I was kind of putting them together in real time. I uh, he forced me to spend one day a week mm-hmm. called System Saturdays, mm-hmm. writing out SOPs, so mm-hmm. I could start to build a team. Mm-hmm. That first year, it was me and maybe one other person that I brought in to help. So um, to a lot to help of strategic, yeah, and a lot of strategic partnerships mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But in the beginning, it wasn't like that. I wasn't right. trying to build a big business. I and he kept telling me. You need to be a transactional engineer. You need to think bigger than a wholesaler. You need to cherry pick out the better deals and run rehabs and make bigger paydays. You need to keep some of these. You're going to regret it someday. You're going to regret it someday. And I was like, no, I'm not. I'm mm-hmm. going to make a million dollars. Like I've never had a million dollars.
0: Or uh, been exposed to a million dollars in your upbringing.
1: Oh, right? And that's all I cared about was cash.
2: Right. And right. so
1: I'm like, this is great. And uh, so I made all this money that first year, just wholesaling. Then I got my tax bill.
0: it's about ready to get worse
1: which i spent all the million dollars yeah i upgraded the car upgraded the house upgraded the vacation program uh, upgraded all my clothes i was buying all this crap for all my friends i was giving money to my parents i was i was just having fun thinking it was never going to end then the tax bill came i owed like 500k and i'm like (laughs) <laughs> like it was my first real lesson of like you are a bad business person like you are horrible. It took me 3 years to unwind myself from the 500k because the next year my only plan was to make more money. You
0: right, right. I didn't
1: have a better plan. Right, so right. Uh, even though I made more money, uh, more I was trying to bury myself from a half a million dollar tax bill. Plus as I was making more money, I was getting taxed on that. So I was yeah, completely completely screwed. Uh, but the next pivot. So needless pivot...
0: to say, you didn't have a good tax person at that point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I didn't know, uh, but I did. I did start cherry picking out. I finally got the courage to cherry. I was wholesaling, and finally I wholesaled one, and I regretted it. It was the first time I regretted it, and I'm like, I need to figure out this rehabbing thing. Mm-hmm. So then I started rehabbing, and and to try to go for the bigger paydays, because I was like, all right, I can do one rehab. That's like five wholesale deals. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do this. Mm-hmm. And the first general contractor I hired stole all my money. Good times. Yeah. See, people don't see this stuff. Yeah, You need to to know the truth about rehabbing. (laughs) It sucks when your general contractor sucks.
0: Well, when your team sucks, I mean, I'm going to keep deflecting back to this throughout our conversation because at that point you needed a mentor. It was a change of a person. At the next stage, you know, you needed a tax guy. It's that person, you know, and business is about building the proper team. Hopefully they can learn from the dummy taxes you paid or whoever their mentor was right i mean that is when you're winning that you could shield yourself from some of it potentially yeah right yeah but yes you're right not enough people talk about that part yeah
1: and then all my materials were getting stolen on the job site like everything that i could screw up in rehabbing i screwed up in rehabbing bought properties with power lines in the background and couldn't sell it and overpaid I bought properties down to the foreclosure auction, sight unseen, and learned you know very important lessons, uh, especially when the tax records are wrong. And you're like, I didn't know tax records could be wrong. Like <laughs> I had no clue that any of this stuff actually happened. I did a I, I did a deal with a lady one time that was in foreclosure, uh, and uh, uh, I bailed her. I I showed up a week before her foreclosure auction, so I had a very limited window to stop the foreclosure. I paid all her back payments and arrearages. She sold the house to me, we uh, uh, and I was going to lease it back to her, mm-hmm. and I gave her really great lease option terms to buy it back for me. And I was only going to make like twenty-five or thirty thousand dollars on the buyback. I gave her two years to buy it back. As soon as I stopped the auction um, and bought the property, she got amnesia and immediately thought, "Oh, I thought you were giving me a loan." And I'm like, "No, you." We went through a whole closing process. You have a lease with an option. You signed all these paperwork. What do you mean you thought I was giving you a loan? Next thing you know, we're in a lawsuit. You know, and so it's like, you have to learn these lessons Mm -hmm. on how important it is to have everything perfectly documented. Everything, you know, and now if I do a deal with a person in foreclosure, I record the conversation,
2: right? So it's it's these little learning lessons
1: that you go through. But over time, I got into rehab and got good at that. Now my business started to scale. Mm-hmm. Then I started cherry picking out the best ones and putting in a little rental portfolio, trying to get more cash flow and keeping more of them. Mm-hmm. But not enough. I still- you wish
0: went. You wish you stacked <sighs> more.
1: Yeah, you know, you look back now, I, I made tens of millions of dollars flipping houses and I, I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Arizona was the epicenter of the foreclosure meltdown. So totally in 2000 and in That run up, I made a ton of money, and I was doing—I was renovating historic properties in downtown Phoenix. I was doing all this cool stuff, and then the party ended. Mm -hmm. Everything melted down. Mm -hmm. But I was my—I'm known, and the reason people call me the clever investor is I was always out in front of the trends. Mm -hmm. I was the first person in the country to use mass email marketing to sell wholesale deals. First person. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody in the country can claim that. Uh, I was way out in front of the short sale game. I was way out in front of the loan mod game. I was way out in front of the bank REO game. Like before, a lot of people, I was always one of the first people there. And
0: why do you think that is?
1: Uh, that's just how I think. I think I, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the next hook mm-hmm. to get me out in front of the wave. And also, I'm big on this. My my network is ridiculous. I have friends all over the country playing the game at a very high level. So now, there's not a day that goes by. I'm not talking to 20, 30, 40 people. What, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? What are you feeling? Mm-hmm. What's going on? And so I have a little bit of like, I'm like the center of a hub, like a wheel. It's right, why I run right. this high-level mastermind. You mentioned the Avengers Mastermind. Mm-hmm. Okay, that high-level experiential mastermind is all of some of the best investors in the country. There's 150 of us that are just crushing it Mm -hmm. and so all day long we're talking to each other about trends and you know which markets are popping and where to get the best deals on you know vendor discounts and stuff so uh anyways i was out i was
0: that that feeds that that scope or that view for the next opportunity i just get out there yeah i was
1: i was early on direct mail you know i'm I'm, i was early at facebook advertising and scaled that i was spending four million dollars a year on facebook ads and nobody even knew what the heck a facebook ad was or how to do them
0: that's so crazy
1: uh so uh when the mark when the meltdown happened you know i was down at the foreclosure auction buying two three houses a day Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know you can you you can you get a lot of for sure get a lot of experience and you also get uh you make a lot of money in a very short amount of time we had like from 2009, 10, 11, 12, 13, I was buying two, 2 3 houses a day every day of the week that the foreclosure auctions were going on. It was so Christmas. how did that
0: work? Yeah, I was just going to say. So it was great on the buy, right? You had all this buy power. But you but, know, but you learn lessons in foreclosure me, auctions.
1: Yeah, well, let me tell you the number one lesson. I sold all the houses to Canadians. <laughs> Seriously. I sold them all.
2: That's crazy.
1: Guess what? I get a lot of Christmas cards. Yeah. They're all freaking really like like I'm rich, they're wealthy. There's a difference, right? Yeah. There's a yeah, difference. Yeah. I make yeah. a lot of money. Yeah. They have a lot of wealth. Yeah. And so I look back now, and I'm like, I wouldn't change it because all those lessons built me up to now. I'm I I buy a lot of real estate. I own a lot of real estate. I'm able to keep a lot of real estate. Yeah. But if I would have just did that game that they were playing, I would have I would have had to do the one thing I wasn't willing to do, which was sacrifice my lifestyle. Yeah and it was just too easy and too good. And uh, I was selling them for 10 to 15K per, per house per day. So imagine going to work and coming back and you're like, I made 45K today. Yeah. And then tomorrow, I made 45K today. Yeah, right, right, right. And I did that every day of the week. Mm-hmm. What there's, else you need, right? Well, I don't well, want- there's, I don't...
0: No, there's no harm in that, right? On, by many people's standards and by any, any affirmation you were getting, you're a superstar, right? But if you're looking long-term sustainability, well, which is just, where you're at now, but you didn't have the same lens then. Well, yeah, I
1: I didn't, I didn't, I didn't understand that. It would have been nice to, uh, like the, I sold one guy like 80 something houses and he sends me Christmas cards every day because I funded his entire retirement plan and he's like my age,
2: Yeah.
1: you know, and he's never yeah. gonna work another day in his life because he's got 80 free and clear houses and that, you know, he's got a couple hundred, but he's got 80 for me he bought them all and paid them all off, and they tripled in value, and they provide massive amount of cash flow. And I didn't—I spent all that money years ago. So you know, crazy. so that's the lesson. That's yeah. that's a big
0: takeaway from. That's that. a big lesson, though. It's spoken a lot about, but people don't exercise what they're taking in. You know, you go on any social media platform, and you hear all this information about wholesaling and just real estate in general, and it's all about the quick buck right? It's all about the quick buck to elevate the lifestyle. And, and if you talk to the true mentors, like you referred to yours, for instance, they, it's less about the image and more about the sustainability or scalability. And so it's infrastructure, it's reinvesting into the business, you know? So I, I think it's hard to recognize if it's your first time making a million dollars or it's your first time receiving We're not a- taught to be successful.
1: You know, unfortunately, our school system does not teach it. Uh, college doesn't teach it. Our parents, unless we're lucky, they don't know how to teach it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Church doesn't know how to teach it. So, you know, the only way you learn this stuff is through exposure to people that are already there mm-hmm. that are willing to share the, the core principles. Right. Or the School of Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. right, But through failure. and The reason i do a lot of the things that i do at this point in my career is because it's unnecessary you don't have to take the 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 long path or the trial and error path and uh you know there are people out there with maps Mm
0: -hmm. just
1: be you know buy a map
0: well i think there's an intimidation factor for people to ask those people but i have recently actually interviewed david Meltzer. i don't know if you know who that is but yeah so david that's one of the things he consistently talks about Ask for directions from the people who have been there, right? Sure. Just, just ask, ask, and ask for these these tools and these tips from people who have paid the tax already. Um, and it's it's underutilized, and there's very few people that do it. And I don't know if it's intimidation or that self that self talk, you people, know?
1: People have changed their perception on uh, paying for speed. It back in the day, it was like. Uh, less done and a little bit frowned upon you Mm -hmm. know because people didn't understand it it was there was a lot of scams and Mm wannabe gurus and stuff out there i think people nowadays especially with social they're very smart consumers they're watching they're going okay this person embodies the core values that i look for they're playing the game at a very high level i want to learn from this person Mm -hmm. and you have to make a choice you can earn your way into their proximity very difficult to do Mm -hmm. a lot slower of a path or you could just cut a check and get their attention right right and so like um i have a habit like if i want somebody's attention uh i I did it today i want Grant cardone to speak at my event Mm
2: -hmm.
1: i wired him a bunch of money and then said hey check your bank account call me call me in five (laughs) you know it's like i just i'm not even asking for permission i'm just like here's some money let's talk yeah yeah, yeah. right and then he's like what's this for and now it's like i I would love for you to speak at my event
2: Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. i could
1: have gone the other way in the front door but I like to be creative with it and so I'm not scared to spend the money to get the right people's attention to get proximity to them so that way uh, I can get exposed to what they know that I don't
0: right and that never changes I don't think but not everybody has those tools at your level right so it is this what created or prompted you to create these leveled education programs because you No, remember, to I it. wanted to
1: be a teacher. So I, I teach because I love what I do. Real estate mm-hmm. changed my life. Like, I, I'm so passionate about it. Like, I love to talk about it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, my online courses and everything, everything that I, I sell online is super inexpensive. Like, my mm-hmm. most expensive thing is 300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not in it to make money. In fact, education is like the hardest freaking thing I've ever done in my life.
2: Yeah.
1: Real <laughs> estate's way easier. Education's way tougher. I yeah. only do it because I love it. The masterminds is it's very selfish. I want to curate the right group of people, put them in a a, in a controlled environment and and do deals Mm -hmm. and and get ideas and have Mm -hmm. that proximity so I can say what's coming, what are you doing? How does it work?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And like I've never built out a million square feet of office space. I don't own large trailer parks. I don't know how to syndicate 500-unit apartment complexes. Mm-hmm. I'm a simple guy that flips houses, does wholesaling. I mean, I just do it at a very high level, but that's my my lane. Right. I'm great at that. But I want to get there, right. and so I, I'm like a I, I show up now. I'm like my students are with me. Mm-hmm. I'm childlike. I'm making mistakes. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm anxious. I'm nervous. I'm in this room. They're talking language I don't understand, and I'm like, can you go slower for me? Yeah, like yeah, right. I, I need to take <laughs> notes on this. Like what are you talking about? Yeah. Um.
0: That's when you're in the right room, though. That's when you're in the right room. And, yeah. it's,
1: and and that's what you should be feeling right now in life. Like, we've just gone through this horrible exercise as a human race
2: mm-hmm.
1: that we're, like, in a cocoon. And now we're starting to become, like, a butterfly. Like, we're go- getting back out there, and it's like you have to make a choice are you going to put yourself in an environment mm-hmm. that allows you to thrive by being exposed and being comfortable being uncomfortable and being in those places where it's like okay i'm no longer the the man or the woman in the right place uh, uh, that that knows everything and i'm the dominant right. figure i want to be in that place where i'm actually going feeling like i'm going backwards mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. and i was
1: just telling my wife this i said you know it's the weirdest feeling when i'm i'm so used to not going backwards that I feel so much uncertainty and anxiety, and I love
0: it. I you feel alive again. So yeah. You it. So I—that's funny. You, you're talking about this specifically because I think I'm addicted to that feeling a little bit. This is all me self-awareness. Yeah. Cool. But um, no, I think that I am addicted to that. But I—but it also then the wheels, the self-doubt, the talk. You mm-hmm. know, like—is this? Are you biting off more than you could chew? How do you work past that?
1: You don't. You just—you you, you be in it,
2: mm-hmm.
1: I think. For me, I'm just trying to—I I was telling you this right before we started this mm-hmm. conversation. I look at—I look at as I get older and more mature in business and in life, I realize that there's going to be a lot of time where I'm just having to sit there in that uncomfortable moment and just embrace it and be—I'm trying to be grateful for being there. Mm -hmm. Instead of worrying about the past or worrying about the future, I'm just there. Mm -hmm. And uh, maybe that's uh, the lesson we all need to take out of 2020. Being present. Just being present, realizing that uh, those relationships that you do curate in your life really do matter. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And we were all so go, go, go that we didn't take the time to stop, but the world forced us to just stop. Mm -hmm. and now we have to make a choice we can go 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 again and act like we just it was just a blip and now we're back at it
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, but I would rather I'm slowing everything way down and Mm -hmm. just saying you know what I'm gonna work on bigger better deals Mm -hmm. I'm gonna go deeper in my relationships I'm gonna try and be more present and I've already won the money game you know Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. I I I like more I like money as a scorecard but I'm already winning Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so what's the legacy what's the impact what's the feeling i'm going to give the people around me now at this point point? and i don't know if i would have done that if 2020 didn't happen wow because i was just on a train right i was on this locomotive moving
0: you you don't think though you would have hit the skids at points where you thought i i can do better i can be better when, no
1: when ask somebody who's ambitious when is enough enough
0: no, no. I mean, I get that. You know, I did I just never attributed it to 2020 necessarily. I feel like it was more associated with age and mindset in general.
1: I don't know. I know a lot of people that are in they their back. 60 in their 60s still working harder than ever, yeah, you right. know, trying to build build build. Yeah. You know, it's like I want to I want to build smarter now.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That's yeah.
0: awesome. I mean, your team's off Playing top golf, so yeah. you are slowing it down a little bit for at least a little bit. Culture, you know? yeah. Cult- well, it's important.
1: Yeah, I, I uh, we can get into another conversation another day, but one of my specialties is uh, curating and cultivating high-performing teams, and that's what how I was able to scale my businesses. You know, clever got to uh, ninety team members. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of team. That's a lot of people. Huge, yeah. Wheels fell off at 35. Mm-hmm. Fell off. Like I had no clue what I was doing. I was just on this sit ride where sales were coming in and sales cures everything. You you have money pouring in the front door. Everybody's excited. Everybody's like, "Oh, we'll figure it out." But it's like a balloon that has a bunch of holes in it. Well, when the balloon's really small, the holes don't really impact you that much, but as you blow the balloon up, the holes become magnified and all of a sudden culture matters. Mm-hmm. Lawsuits happen. Uh, 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 negativity starts going. It's like a virus. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts fighting over money and position and power and authority. And uh, it, it, it it just got out of control. And next thing you know, my company that I used to float into every day thinking, this is the greatest thing that ever happened to me. I love what I do. I dreaded going into work. Because of culture? I didn't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. I've never been... I'm a real estate investor. Mm-hmm. You know, I have mm-hmm. no education mm-hmm. in growing team so i had to step back and like really go through the learning curve for about two years on how to create culture so how did you and,
0: fix it did you hire someone uh, to be i read a lot of
1: books mm-hmm. you know like traction mm-hmm. okay great mm-hmm. book um uh, there's a, i can't think of a couple of the other books but i'll get them to you but the uh uh the the first thing was what do we stand for? Because what we stood for in the beginning might not be what we stand for now at, as we're starting to scale. Mm-hmm. So I had to I had to get my leadership team, I had to get the right peoples in the right seat of the buses doing the right activities and that leadership team had to buy into our core values. So stepping back and like reinvigorating the core values and getting them bought into that. And what are it,
0: your core values? Not to derail you.
1: Uh Yeah,
0: I
2: got it. You want to Oh, oh, no, phone. I didn't mean to catch up phone. No,
1: the I, got, I got my phone. I, I thought I can, you would know that. If I can find—well, I, I know I know some of them. Like
2: Your phone's on the ground. Oh, thank you.
0: Here,
1: I would like to read them to you. Yeah. Okay. All right. You sure you want We
0: have core values as an organization. so. Okay. I think Am I allowed
1: to... to cuss on this? Of course. Mm-hmm. No. It's Cor- your talk. It's well, our talk. Well, I want to make sure. Core value number one is pick up the trash. Mm-hmm. That means don't get too big for your britches. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, work uh, in the trenches. Yeah. Number two, don't be a dickhead. That's a good one. Okay. It's plain and simple. Yeah. Number three, land the plane. What is it? Land the plane? Land land the plane. Finish okay. the job. Yeah, Finish got your it. Job. Your job is to land the plane.
2: Okay.
1: Uh, number four is don't fill up on bread. Okay. Right? People yeah. don't keep the main thing the okay. main thing. They're always filling up on bread. Uh, five is whatever it takes. <laughs> Six is win and be humble. Seven is lose with grace. Eight is set the standard. Nine is do the right thing even when no one else is looking. And ten is serve your way to success. So, I love that. But when we created these, I already had them mm-hmm. done. But I allowed them to go through an exercise where they thought everybody bought in and created them. And I just led the conversation to get them to that moment where they go, yep, this is our core values. And I'm like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay, so next thing you know, 10 leadership positions are all bought in. And then they, it was their job to go teach their downline the mm-hmm. core values. So meeting cadence, core values, and then here's the big thing and I love talking about this. As an entrepreneur, we never know what the hell we're doing. Mm-hmm. We, if, if I said, where are you going to be in five years? You're going to be like, uh, I think I know, but like I really don't know. Yeah, right. Because our job as entrepreneurs is to be nimble mm-hmm. and to change, and as new hurdles and concepts come up, we pivot.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, if you're in a position as CEO, you really have one main job, mm-hmm. is to constantly put the right people at the right position mm-hmm. Get and, and give them the empower them to do a great job, right? Yeah, and, right and you're just pointing the direction and everybody else is getting you there. It's what we do, how we do it, mm-hmm. why we do it and then this is the thing I had to discover. What's in it for you if you do it alongside with me? That is the hardest conversation to have with somebody. How do I take an entrepreneur? Mm-hmm. you got a big vision. Mm-hmm. I got a huge vision. Mm -hmm. Put you on a team put you in the right position on the team and say this is how your vision fits within my vision Mm -hmm. And now we have alignment equals velocity.
2: Yeah
1: Alignment was the hardest thing because I couldn't I had a hard time telling you Mm -hmm. how you win Mm -hmm. Two three four five years down the road because I was so scared to have that conversation because I didn't even know Where we were going. I got it. Yeah
0: That's just scary in general. You know how you do it. mm -hmm.
1: If I ask you what you want now We're just talking about money Mm-hmm. Right? What do you want to get paid? Right? What kind of bonus structure do you want?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All money. What I realized is I needed about 90 days to create the plan. Mm-hmm. From the time they got started with me to the time I had I, I promised them that I would deliver the plan. Mm-hmm. During that 90 days, you know what we did?
2: This? Hmm.
1: Yes. Well, we, sorta, of, yeah. yeah. Got to know each other Yeah. outside of the office. So now I'm taking you, we're working out together we're playing paintball we're going to do top golf we're doing all these fun activities where we're i'm i learned about your family i learn about your fears i learned about your uh the things that have held you back in the past the mm-hmm. things that most excite you now listen i'm able to go deeper and i can start to, to see like all right this isn't just about money this is about progress this is about Growth. This is about all the you know taking care of my aunt who's got cancer, mm-hmm. and now I can start to attach our plan to these wins in your life. I call it stacking little wins, and uh, you now I don't have regrettable turnover because you're you're in alignment with me.
2: Yeah, right.
1: And then the other thing is I give you a lot of autonomy. I give you 25% of your time, paid time with me, to work on any projects you want. And when you have that type of freedom. Uh, you don't feel like you need to go behind my back yeah, right. and work on a side business. And if you ever feel like you've outgrown your position, I will start a business with you or support your business for, for you to grow. And I've had four or five people uh, start other companies where I was the number one investor. because they started and and by the way you're starting in customer support no matter what position you're going to be in customer support for the first 30 days of your life cycle with me Mm -hmm. because you're going to know my customer yeah right right and all our problems
0: well yeah and know how to handle that right and know what rapport is there's a lot that goes with customer service. Everyone should work customer service in some yeah. fashion.
1: But now you have a path because if you say, hey, Cody, I'm not thriving in this thing and I've been here for, with you for five years. Mm-hmm. I want to start my own company doing mm-hmm. this. And it's mm-hmm. like, cool, you want to start it together? And you just want me to help fund it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Imagine that kind of relationship with somebody where you don't, you're not scared to come tell me Mm-hmm. what what's going on in your life and but that, what you want.
0: that's later down the road right i mean like this is how many years after establishing your business at what point oh, this is did you did five you years in yeah, of okay. growing
1: clever before i finally got it yeah yeah
0: there's so much you learn you know as you limp it along and there's success moments in that which keep you from really recognizing where your holes are so using your words but i think that the value you can give people is, is this, right? Because there is no book. The book only tells you so much. There is no life experience until you get yourself dirty in it. So I appreciate that you're sharing all that, yeah. by the way. And I, know. I just
1: remembered the other book. It's called Scaling Up.
0: Oh, yeah, we read it as an organization. Yeah, great it's book. It's a great book. Yeah, yeah
1: very technical. It is, I was it's just like going
0: to say, it's a little heavy. gaggy. Yeah, it's a little gaggy from a technical standpoint. But if you're into that, I mean, I, there's a certain level that you have to be into it. But, you know. So you take the bits and pieces mm-hmm. and apply it in, over time. Yeah. Um, what would make somebody choose your mentorship over, I don't want to use names because there's so many great people, but yeah. um, over somebody else's?
1: I mean, you want the egotistical answer, you want the No, I just
0: want like the, <laughs> you want the wrong a politically because correct answer. In, anyone could look at a program and you said social media has kind of helped take eliminate the yeah. kind of the bogus, braggadocious maybe people out of the equation, but I don't know that I totally would subscribe to that statement. But you're sitting on a different side. So why 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 do you feel that?
1: Uh I mean I could sit here and say look at what I've accomplished thousands of transactions completed Uh, tens of thousands of successful students have come through my program I'm like I've been in the game longer than almost anybody you know Uh, most of the successful people that you see out there the the gurus came through my program I got them started in the business and helped them scale Mm -hmm. the biggest wholesalers in the country um, were my protégés you know they they learned every move by sitting right next to me for six, seven years and watching me grow my companies and my businesses, uh, I've sold more online education than anybody else out there, by far. Like nobody's even close. Mm-hmm. I, tend to, I have tens of, I have thousands of testimonials, and uh, 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 I'm just nobody's even close to the produ- producing what I produced. With that said, I feel like. A mentor is a very personal experience you you have to watch me maneuver online i'm very out there Mm -hmm. i've won tons of ink i was in the ink 5000 four times in a row i've won all kinds of cultural awards but and i'm very aggressive on social like almost every day i'm putting myself out there and if you resonate with me Mm -hmm. the way i act my humor Mm -hmm. i'm not scared to show you the, the all the bad the problems the challenges if that resonates with you, then then you're going to want to come and go deeper with me and see if I'm somebody that can help you on your journey. Mm-hmm. But I'm not for everybody, mm-hmm. you know, and I realize that and there are a lot of good teachers out there. But what I've discovered is people think that they're going to get into education uh, to make a quick buck. Yeah. They flip a few houses and next thing you know, they want to be a guru because they see me out there with the Lambos and the mansions and the lifestyle and, mm-hmm. and all my network and everything and they think, oh, that's the that's the move. It is not the move for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Hardest thing I've ever done. And if I didn't love teaching so much, I wouldn't do it because mm-hmm. the money is actually not that good. It's good when you're really small. It mm-hmm. sucks at scale. <laughs> it really does.
0: It's a lot to manage.
1: So it's- take the Avengers Mastermind. I charged $30,000 to have a spot on the Mastermind. Uh, you I, did. I... Uh, we do.
0: Okay, okay. Me and my
1: business partners, Got it. we charge $30,000. So Got it. you have to be either an accredited investor mm-hmm. or you have to be a deal maker. You have to be actively doing deals. Mm-hmm. Um, about half of our people just want to park money in real estate. So they're they're high net worth individuals. Yeah. And then the other half are guys like me that are active deal makers, operators. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, that. I was going somewhere with that. and no, I forgot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you were
0: separating uh, yourself. So, first we were talking about mentorship, and then you were talking about you went into I Avengers. I forgot. Well, I'm point. glad you went to adventures because that's where I was going. So. Yeah, yeah I think the point
1: is. Um, uh, yeah, I forget. I don't know Uh-oh. what the point is. <laughs> you need I one, of your, not, you need one of
0: your packs. You need one of your snap packs. We were talking about why someone would choose you over somebody yeah, else. Yeah, but I was
1: about to say something. I hate when my brain does that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, so it's going to oh, come back. Oh, that's
1: from- what I it. Ha! I'm back!
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, uh, I spent a million dollars on our first event. I will spend almost 100% of all the money we make mm-hmm. back to the members, pouring yeah. into them. We had Shaq come. We had Jeremy Pivens come. We rented out the Diamondbacks baseball stadium for the day and played batting practice with a bunch of pro baseball players. We, uh you know, because of coronavirus, it was very expensive to do all of the testing, put ourselves in a bubble, make sure everybody is healthy, distanced, all that stuff. It cost a million dollars to put on one event,
2: mm-hmm.
1: okay? I'm not making money in that. Why do I do it? I do it because of the experience I give my members mm-hmm. and the deal flow that's going to come out of that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm long-term. I'm not thinking about a quick buck. I'm thinking about how do I create lifelong relationships and deal flow from these amazing people that I have an opportunity to do deals with and and build a relationship with Mm -hmm. if you don't think that way you shouldn't be an educator Mm -hmm. right because it's not about a short-term buck and people are smart right now there's a lot of people that see people on social and they get all excited because they're posing in front of a jet but then they go deeper and they realize they're a complete hot mess they don't have systems i have an sop for every process in my business i it's like completely systematized Mm -hmm. right now i know every kpi every analytic for every touch point in all of my companies i have ceo investor dashboards I run a very tight ship. Mm-hmm. You want that? You want a you want a you want a guy like me? If you want, yeah, I'm not. If you want one of my students <laughs> yeah. that are now flipping a few houses and yeah. they're they're yeah. now out there, yeah. go with them. But, yeah,
0: yeah. No, I mean I hear you. I, I think, but to your point, it is it's it's a style. It's going back to what we were saying. It's taking, um, uh, it's taking lessons from people that you wanna emulate or, or be where they are and be associated with their same groups. I just think that that was, for me, that was a hard one to navigate in business, finding the right circles that I really wanted to be a part of. I mean, obviously you can buy into anything if you have the cash and the capital. You could spend $500, you could spend 50,000, you could spend 100,000, right? So how do you find the best spot for yourself, yeah. you know?
1: I mean, you just gotta look deeper than the, the dude that has a podcast. Mm-hmm. you know just because you got a podcast doesn't make you an expert
0: take it easy uh, uh, I'm just, just saying, kidding I'm just saying <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just and
1: not I'm not talking <laughs> about you I'm just saying you got to go a little deeper doing... nowadays because there's a lot no, of true. baloney out there
0: well i th- I think that there's more of that than not and um without going through social media platforms I think one specifically right now highlighted that early on where the posers from the where the rubber hit the road and they actually had to um vocalize where their headspace was right where where are you in the game i mean is it just a picture is it just a bunch of really great edits that are broadcasted a- across your social media platforms because you're probably not the best seat you know or maybe they are for some people
1: yeah i uh, look i i'm not dissing the young energy that's coming in and acting like oh look at me i'm this big.
0: Well, you were that.
1: Guru. <laughs> but I mean, and unfortunately, I am now seasoned. So I am at the, the target. And I look around the industry and I see a lot of uh, people emulating things that I do or taking shots at me. And I just sit back and I think, you know what? I remember when I was young and dumb in the industry. And I remember I looked at the Carlton sheets of the world and say, screw them. What do they know? They don't know how to do deals. They're not yeah. doing anything. Not realizing the guy's making $50 million a year, mm-hmm. you know, and it's mm-hmm. like. You could take shots and throw rocks up a hill, but someday you'll be there as well. Mm-hmm. And there'll be another yeah. batch of people oh, okay. coming in, coming in, in. And I guess maybe that's when you make it a little bit when when you're there at that place. Mm-hmm. I like the young energy. I, I think that if you are super passionate about real estate, scream from the mountaintops and tell your friends about it. Just be careful if you're going to charge people. Yeah, right. That's the That's the differentiator. If you're going to charge people, it's a lot of responsibility.
0: Yeah well as there should be don't you think sure yeah i mean if you're claiming to be um a mentor or somebody that has the ability to take someone to a certain place right i mean at that point you're a profit center so there should be expectation tied to that don't you think
1: I make more money in real estate than I do in education.
0: Well, you, you, I'm saying for the receiver, for the recipient, for the person who's investing in you to give them information back. Not to say that this is a profit center necessarily from a L standpoint, but you're taking in Mon- their it's capital. It's a very
1: big responsibility. Yeah. It's a very big responsibility. And I don't take it lightly. And I think. Uh, I, I think I want people to have the same experience that Lyle did for me. I I, I cut a check to Lyle, mm-hmm. ten grand. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a lot of money for me back then.
2: Yeah.
1: And uh, and it caused him to pay, pay attention because he realized that I was serious of investing in myself, mm-hmm. that I was willing to draw the line in the sand, even though I was scared. I felt like he was the right person for me, mm-hmm. based on the relationship we were creating, and I was right. And thank God I did it. Because if I wouldn't, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you. Because yeah, right. he he definitely catapulted my career.
0: That's so awesome. I love that. Um, so what's next for you? Avengers is a fairly new, right? Avengers yeah, just, Mastermind. just kicked it off.
1: Um, I'm super excited about Avengers. We got uh, three events per year. Uh, obviously, Clever Investor is always coming out with new offers. I got a new offer called the Freehouse Formula, where I teach people... All the creative deal structuring methods to get a house mm-hmm. without going to a bank. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people are like, "Man, I don't have good credit, or I don't, I don't want to go to a bank." If, especially if you're an entrepreneur, it's very difficult to get a loan from a bank.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: got to have two years audited financials. Right. It's a pain in the butt. Uh, and so I call it the free house formula because we teach them seller carrybacks, wraparound mortgages, uh, mirror wraps, all-inclusive contract for deeds, um, uh, about different trusts and using trusts to create anonymity in, in doing creative seller participation deals. So I'm excited about that because the, the market is ripe for those types of deals right now.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, so uh, that's coming out. And then uh, uh, I started a brand new lifestyle fitness company called Osnap.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can go to osnap.com forward slash Cody, mm-hmm. which is kind of exciting. You know, it's uh, we got uh, four supplements right now. I like them because they're in these fun little snap packs. Yeah, you
2: should yeah. show them. I was All just right. gonna I'll, say, I'll show bring
1: them out. I'll show. Okay, so we we just started this. Um, these we have, we have the licensing rights to these. Um, these are fun little snap packs. So this one is reverse in a snap. And what you do is there's liquid in it, and then you just crack it in half like this, and then a little hole comes, and you can just take a shot to the head, or you can pour it in a water bottle. This one um, we did a bunch of studies that it. Um, anti-aging brain enhancement it uh, helps elongate your telomeres this one is a multivitamin with uh, greens Um, so you could just snap it and take that this is an energy drink and this one it has chamomile and lavender and uh, melatonin and this one is for sleep so we have these four skews fun transportable no messy powders no sugary gummies uh, you don't have to take pills like my wife when i gave her this her she was deficient in some vitamin and when she took this her iced stopped twitching Oh, that's.
2: and awesome. then later
1: on in the day she's like i didn't even realize i didn't have to take any pills i hate taking pills mm-hmm. so uh this is my first move into a supplement space i got two amazing partners in that and we're excited uh, to Do launch you, that are
0: you big in fitness
1: when you say big in fitness... I mean,
0: do you make this a, a, a regular part of your life,
2: Every daily? Every single day. I work okay. out
1: seven days a week. Okay. Move.
2: That's cool.
1: Yeah. I have to. The amount of stress and anxiety that I take on in my hyperactive side of me, like I have to go, you know, and, and get that out. <laughs> yeah. If I don't, I don't feel like I'm in peak performance for that day. Yeah. So do you exercise in the morning?
0: hmm
1: Yeah, I have very strong morning. morning routines.
0: What does that look like? Mm. i ask everybody this by the way okay because i have a strong morning routine and i feel like if i if i do not do it to your point i feel brain fog i feel worse about myself like like it's a scrapped morning or possibly a day
1: so like you're you're in the gym you're doing crossfit what are you
0: doing yeah crossfit Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: You're, you're, you're way tougher than I am.
0: That's not true. Everyone has this stigma about CrossFit. CrossFit's hard. Uh,
2: whatever, about? It's hard. Whatever, any exercise like can
0: be hard. It just is how much you put into it. I just, I just like hard, intense workouts because I struggle with anxiety and just so much going on in a day. So that's my output. I need intense output. Yeah. And so what is your morning routine look like?
1: Uh, I get up every single day, probably about 445, five, 455, like without an alarm clock. I just naturally like, boom, I'm up. Lots of energy. Get up. I go to the gym, uh, try to get that done before the kids go to school. Cause I like to get back and make breakfast and all that stuff for them and then see them off to school. I normally do a, Uh, And one of the first things I do every morning right when my eyes open I I do about four or five minutes of just looping all the things I'm grateful for and just talking to myself about Trying to be appreciative and in the moment, but then I go to the gym then I get back I do I do breakfast for the kids get them off to school and then uh, I either do uh, one of my famous spinach protein smoothies Mm -hmm. uh, or you know eat a healthy breakfast and that's when I finally start getting on Social and watching the news or anything. I try to eliminate that early on Mm -hmm. and before I leave the house. I make the bed Yeah, yeah little things to control little things.
0: That's so funny You bring that up because I read I think it was Jocko actually Talking about making the bed. It's it will either set the tone for your day or not but I think it's absolutely crucial amongst the other things but there's a common denominator in people with um I hate to always say type A personalities, just ambitious people in general. It's early rise. It's always physical activity, but there is a form of meditation, spirituality, uh, reiterating gratitude, whatever that looks like for you, and whether it's five minutes or ten minutes. And then, and then, and only then do you start taking in, um, you know, input. So social media, your email. Um, and that's very much what, what my morning. What, what looks do you ahead. want
1: to be? You want to be reactive or you want to be proactive?
0: Pro, do you run your calendar the night before and then reiterate? So
1: I'm very lucky. Uh, in order for me to do play the game at the level that I'm at right now, I have a full-time executive assistant mm-hmm. and my wife, I hired her, a full-time executive assistant. So yes. I have two executive assistants mm-hmm. managing our lives and making sure that all the little stuff is handled. Mm-hmm including my calendar my emails my dms like i don't go i don't do any of that
2: mm-hmm.
1: i have people in all of those places now at this point that are handling all of the noise mm-hmm. so i don't have to stress about it it, it gets done and so ev- multiple times she's reminding me this is what you're doing this is when you're doing it so even for this mm-hmm. i got a one hour reminder a 30 minute reminder a 10 minute reminder mm-hmm. and then you know so it was like
0: yeah, necessary.
1: otherwise i'd be all over the place yeah. she reminds me of uh my top five so here's another thing that i do that's kind of fun uh i created a habit of sending every week Mm -hmm. five text messages or audio messages to five new people every week Mm -hmm. so i call it my top five for the week Mm -hmm. and it's just a a great way to build better relationships because normally i'm not that present Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and if uh uh if i'm reminded hey send your top five i'll Mm -hmm. stop what i'm doing and i'll i'll get it done real fast Mm -hmm. And it's amazing how many people call me and say, you know what, my week was amazing because on Monday morning, one of the best things I ever heard was that two-minute audio message from you <clears throat> just pumping me up because I'll tell them, you're a freaking man. You're so sexy. You, you got so much going on. Like, you're going to dominate this week. Like, yeah. I can't believe how awesome you are. Like, can I learn from you? Yeah. What do I got to do? Dude, you're changing lives. Look at yeah. what you're doing. And I'll just, just pump them up. And they get this thing and they're like, man, I'm the man.
0: Who, what type of people do you send your top five to? Your
2: students? No. Or, I mean, or no. any
0: level. Any level.
1: Any level. Sphere. Just five people. I just got to go to five people that I want to impact that week.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So it could be new contacts. It could be my good friends. It could be my family. It could be my students. But if you get a top five from me, you're you're, special.
2: <laughs> yeah. Asterisk.
1: Yeah.
0: Ain't shoot for the top five. Yeah. Okay. But it changes every, every week, so. <laughs> so there's still hope. <laughs> you never know. You might get one. <laughs> So what you're saying, there's a chance. Just kidding. Awesome. Um, so if anyone wants to get involved with any of your programs, Avengers Mastermind, I mean, clearly there's there's a process to each and every one. Yeah. Um, but how? what do you think the best method to reach out to you? Should they just go on one of your websites? I'm at
1: Clever Investor on all social media platforms, uh, except for TikTok. I didn't get on TikTok fast enough. So somebody, Someone took that? somebody jacked it. You got my you TikTok. Don't... Give it back, baby. Come on. Where's my TikTok at? I don't TikTok, so. Um, uh,
0: you have kids. You have they to be TikTok. on TikTok. I, I,
1: I'm on just because I'm monitoring what's going on with their stuff. But uh, I, have a, I have a guy in my office that runs our TikTok because I don't know how to do it. But the, everything else show. is Clever Investor. Um, most of the times on my social, you'll see a bunch of links and different things to, mm-hmm. to get involved. Mm-hmm. Cleverinvestor.com. Avengersmastermind.com. Yeah. Uh, o Snap, and it's O S N A forward slash Cody if you want to join my team. Uh, and, uh, you know, what's cool about O is you can build a business around it or you can just use it as a customer.
0: I love that, by the way. That's a, oh, such a cool I'm concept. I'm sending you a box. Don't worry.
1: You're getting <laughs> I'm like, of, I want that. You know, products. the
0: one that makes you look young forever. That's what you told me, Benjamin Button. I get to go backwards. <laughs> it, it,
1: it is good for your brain health, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, but, yeah, it's. I'm so out there. I'm so easy to find. If you want help flipping house, you go to grabs Grab a free book. And if you want a thousand dollars in free training for the real estate space, you can go to RE like real estate success kit com and grab a thousand dollars worth of free training.
0: If someone is new to the real estate business, what do you think what is one thing that you would impart on them?
1: Uh 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 yeah. God, got one thing. Whoa, Jeez just, Louise. I know, I know. It's That's hard. That's a tough one. Well, um, I think, I think uh, you you need to realize that you can do it because you are three feet from gold a lot of times and then a lot of people give up, quit, change directions or allow other people to steer their ship. They get that little, like me, I had that self-limiting looping BS story I was telling myself or my parents were talking me out of it, my friends were making fun of me and next thing you know, you're a bookkeeper.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I could have been a bookkeeper.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Nothing wrong to bookkeepers, but...
0: I was like, "Take it easy." There's a uh, there's a, a moment in time that. where
1: you got to make a call. You're going to be the bu- and like uh, and and look, if 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 that's your thing, then own it. I just couldn't own it. And right. and I wasn't happy. I want that feeling of progress and I want to get I want to be in a position where nobody can hurt me. And I think that was my mission in the beginning was like even like what we just went through, right? I don't care who the president is right now. I don't care what if gas prices go up or down i don't care if there's some you know crazy news story that's that everybody's freaking out over what's going on in the stock market i have this little real estate wall that i built around me and my family that almost is impenetrable it's going to get better and there will be a day where it will be fully impenetrable uh but i'm okay i could go years without working and my income still is coming in i have multiple streams of income from multiple sources lots of real estate lots of assets i finally cracked the code on the tax game after years of screwing it up and doing it the wrong way now i have a decade of doing it the right way Mm -hmm. and there's a moment in time where you kind of roll your shoulders back and you're like oh it feels so good i'm i'm safe Mm -hmm. and my family's safe and so now i'm and not not to say there's not a new devil for every new level Mm -hmm. there's always another problem now my problems are just bigger Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do i raise unentitled little punk kids
0: yeah that's, that's my pr-
1: fear is like my kids
0: they don't know what you know well and they got freaking made
1: and they, they live in a mansion and they it, 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 dad took made the mistake one time of driving them to the bus in a lamborghini <laughs> never doing that again you know it's like there's
0: irony in that oh, you kid walking out
1: like what's up you know to his friends and now he's the you know the rich kid that got made fun of for the next Aww. two years biggest mistake some I, I don't you know it's like
0: you don't know what you. I didn't know. know. Yeah.
1: I thought it was kind of cool. He asked me for six months, will you do it? I said no, and finally one day I broke in and did it. And it was—I knew it. It was wrong, and and I'll never make that mistake again. So now I'm having deep conversations, like with my wife, going, "All right, I'm going to set up a trust. The kids are going to have all this money in a the trust. They're only going to get a certain amount of money every month, from thirty to forty to fifty. It's going to increase." And they have, uh, I've, I've done one smart thing, which I had to think about a lot and talk to a lot of smart people. My kids cannot get an inheritance unless they sign a prenup with their significant other. I'm forcing my kids to sign a prenup. So now it's not them and their significant other having that conversation. I've eliminated them being the bad person for both my son and my daughter. If they want to inherit money, mm-hmm. they have to sign a prenup. It is mandatory. Where they don't get anything, so think about those power moves as you're moving through life. Wealthy as a people, parent,
0: well, you're speaking specifically to a really tough spot for a lot of people who have made it for themselves and may not have had it well, growing up themselves. And you want to provide for your kids, and you and I want you,
1: generational wealth, right? And I don't want, I don't want, uh uh, one bad choice in a relationship to derail what I've worked so hard for that, you know, we have an opportunity to really go down generationally and change a lot of lives in our family. I'm the first Sperber to go to college. I'm the first Spurber to become a millionaire. I'm the first Spurber to become a multimillionaire. Mm -hmm. It's like, I'm not going to waste it on bad choices with my kids.
0: Mm -hmm. What's your favorite thing about accomplishing financial success?
1: Hmm. Probably, probably that legacy. It's probably the best, the best outcome, just knowing that we're safe mm-hmm. and that we have opportunity.
0: It's funny um, to hear you say the word safe in conjunction with money, because you look at a lot of very wealthy individuals, and some look back and say, it doesn't matter.
1: Well, what I found through just doing dumb stuff with my money, like buying Rolls Royces and realizing that uh buying a rolls royce with white interior is very bad when you have little kids <laughs> you know you think it's a good idea and you're going to be like S-. first off here's a fact if you get a cool car, guys pay attention not one hot chick's ever going to roll up to your car and be like i love your car but you're going to get 5,000 dudes that love your car and they're going to want to talk about your car so that's that's what i realized but yeah like my kid was my, my son was a little kid and I was teaching him how to, how to wash the Rolls Royce. And as, when I turned around, he goes, this is fun, Daddy. And I turned around, and he had the end of the hose. And he was just dragging it up and down the car. Destroyed oh, the whole thing. Oh, no. uh, and, and I realized people, we buy those things to fill a void internally to make us feel good mm-hmm. pulling up and pulling out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's that, it's that moment where you're arriving, and you're like, yeah, I'm the man. And then you, that goes away about three months in. Mm-hmm. And now you're left with a dad who's yelling at his kid for putting his feet on the seats. Is that life? Is that a life 100%. worth living?
2: percent that, but, but, but that's it,
0: not a life, but that is life, and it happens. That mistake happens.
1: So the money thing is just a, a moment in time. Once you clear the money problems out of the way, then it really just becomes a tool to cut checks and solve problems. Right. So now I'm just looking around for the biggest problems I can mess with. Right. Right. So all of my companies, like my Green Elephant Development, mm-hmm. which is my development company. Mm hmm. Because uh, now I'm at a point where I verticalized the business. I own the development company. We're, we own part of the title company. We lend. We we lend money. We're like doing all the things to verticalize it to mm-hmm. try and like control. You know,
0: more a, more corners of the market. For well, sure. a
1: savvy investor knows how to make money from transactions triggered from the initial transaction. Mm-hmm. When you start thinking like that and you're scaling, that's when it becomes real fun. But GED is a for purpose development company and all of my businesses are for purpose and most people have never even heard of a for purpose business Mm -hmm. but a portion of all my proceeds it's like Tom Shoots everything that we do has a charitable element to it where we're not nonprofit we're not for profit we're for purpose Mm -hmm. and so we a portion of all our proceeds goes towards animal conservation and green building materials so that's That's our mission our mission is to, to make a better environment and save elephants
2: that's pretty cool.
0: So are you guys, everything you develop, is it lead, Like the, the sustainable energy? We're stuff? not that
2: hardcore
1: because we are in residential, um, and it's kind of hard to go that hardcore. But we do have a list of all of the things that we like to put in houses that are more green, mm-hmm. from solar panels to nest thermostats to bamboo to recycled materials, those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, my business partner Garrett handles 99% of that. So he would be the one he would talk talk to on that. But uh, I love I love just cutting that check to I mean, we, we we have two or three charities that we support for African and Eastern elephants Eastern Asian elephants and it feels amazing knowing like oh wow they're sending us pictures like that's the elephant we saved and that's the one we are feeding yeah, that's and that's it cool. like It feels like a connection and then every house that we do the homeowner That bought our property gets a book and that book tells a story so it tells the green elephant development story and who we are and then it shows the before and afters of their property and then it shows the elephants that we sponsored when we did their project and how much we donated and so when they get that they get their keys they get this book and they're like wow honey look like us moving into our dream home also felt good
2: it did this it did something bigger right that's awesome yeah
0: good for you congratulations on your success Seriously, that's awesome. Um, I appreciate you taking time from your busy day and talking to me. Of course. And talking to everybody who's listening. Um, hopefully, we next time we're in Arizona, we can swing by again.
1: You can do some CrossFit.
0: I mean, only if you ship me some O-snaps.
1: All right, I'll give you O-snaps. <laughs> you teach me how to do a pull-up.
0: Whatever. No, you I don't do pull-ups you...
1: normal. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a I do normal pull-ups. You don't do normal pull-ups. You do the swinging, like...
0: It's a kipping pull-up, but a strict pull-up is, uh-huh. uh-huh. pull is hard. A strict pull-up is hard. You oh, you sh- call it a normal pull-up. A normal pull-up is hard. It's actually uh-huh. more challenging than a kipping pull-up. Well, you got to teach me. Well, you have to teach me a better strict pull-up, maybe. All right, there you <laughs> go. Well, thanks again. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to Cody Sperber. Um, Highly successful, highly amazing, um, putting out good energy into the universe and making an impact each and every um, organization that he has started and or has invested in. Can't wait to see what this O-Snaps about. I'm going to look younger next time you guys all see me (laughs) because of Cody. (laughs) So thanks for tuning in, and I hope to see you next time. (laughs) you <laughs>